baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Mayor Rahm Emanuel is clearly running hard to keep his job, and the field trying to unseat him is large and may be growing. But self-made millionaire Willie Wilson is not discouraged. He's making another attempt to push the incumbent out of office. This weekend, we'll talk with him about what makes this year different. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Businessman Willie Wilson ran for mayor in the last election, finishing third in a five-candidate race behind Chewy Garcia, the man he then endorsed. Well, there are more than five people running for Chicago mayor right now, and Willie Wilson is among them. The Louisiana-born entrepreneur has owned and operated a number of McDonald's restaurant franchises, and he's the founder and owner of Omar Medical Supplies. He has a Doctor of Divinity degree from Mount Carmel Theological Seminary, and he also was on the ballot in several states as a presidential candidate in 2016. But Willie Wilson has made his name first because of his nationally syndicated gospel music TV program, Sing-Sation, and secondly, because of his philanthropy. Maybe I could refer to that first for his philanthropy, because there's a lot of it. But we're going to talk with him about all of that and politics and why he believes that he should lead the city of Chicago. All that during this half hour. Willie Wilson, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, I I first want to talk with you about a story that was making headlines at the week's end, and that's that the Chicago Public Schools... Uh, are getting rid of their facilities chief, Leslie Fowler. She is the CPS official who was supposed to be keeping tabs on Aramark, the, one of the companies that was supposed to keep the schools clean but didn't. So is this a sign that the uh, public school system is doing the right thing? Um, well, you know what? I don't think they should have got rid of the, uh, the, the, um, the young lady, the school chief. I think they should have got rid of Ronnie Manion. You know, he always tried to find someone as a scapegoat. Uh, he the one took the, you know, look, he handpicked his people to run the school. When I become mayor, I look, I'm making sure that he uh, elects school board. You know, so if you handpick, you know, someone to be in those places, you're responsible for it. If it elects school board, the community are. So, Bonnie Mania should be the one to go. Well, but... CPS on this issue has planned monthly inspections of its buildings. They could impose sanctions on the companies that uh, recently got their multi-million dollar custodial contracts renewed. Um, again, is this how this should be run? What's 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 right about this, and what's wrong about how they're running the schools? Well, what what what's wrong about the whole thing is that. The uh, mayor Emanuel, okay, handpicked who runs the school and everything in Chicago, including the uh, uh, city council, all right? If you look at his record, a person that does that must take responsibility of things of that nature there, all right? Because they're only going to do what they're told to do, you know? Uh, maybe it might have been, he might have been trying to 
cut budget in some type of way. I I don't I don't know, but it should have been inspected. When when the last time he been in school, if you're running something like I run my business, I take time out and go and look at my business from A to Z. He running Chicago. He should at least walk at the under the schools and look at the condition. He haven't done that. The school is one of the most important things to our neighborhood and our, our kids and our future. So, so that's why I say what I'm, what I'm saying. You know, I, I think that it's it, it poor lack of management, you know? So when you got poor lack of management, those things go down. Ronnie Manuel is not in business. You know, I'm a business person. I know how to get things done. I get things done. You manage things. When I get things done myself for my business, look, I got to balance my budget. When Ronnie Manuel gets it done, he raised taxes on people and he handpicked people to run his thing for him. They do exactly what he told, tell them to do. That's why I, I say what I say. But you, you're calling for an elected school board. Let me carry the analogy through mm-hmm. here though. Um, elections, as you know, can be crowded. It can be full of politics uh, and not always the best person wins, but if you were running a business, you wouldn't want people from outside of your business to come in and decide, okay, this is who we want to run your business, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you want to make sure that you could trust the people who were running your business? So an elected school board, isn't that taking things out of your control? Well, it is. It, there is a difference here. I run a business. It's not if I was running a business. I run the business, all right? Mm-hmm. Right? And we have to manage things to make ends meet. But in the case of the public dollars that the public, the taxpayer, you, myself, and other people, you know, <clears throat> we must have open book. We must have the public must have input involved into everything that goes on because it's, it's, it's the public dollars, you know. And, 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 and so what you have to do is you have to give people who put their money there, their taxes, they must have, they should have, uh, you know, uh, input in terms of everything that goes on. Dirty school, look, help situation, you know. You got rodent problem there, kids in those schools, you know, on the floor, eating different things, could be lead, things of that nature. That is a serious problem. So he handpicked who runs the situation, all right, then he must take responsibility for it, okay. I manage my business. I take responsibility for everything in my business from A to Z, all right? But I also walk in those businesses if I'm going to look at everything that's in there, have my people come in, take my survey of my business all of the time, you know, because they can't get out of line now, all right? The idea of it is that if you get out of line, you miss one, the next three months, you're going to catch it, you know? But this situation with these schools has been existing for a long time. Um. I do want. I want to talk to you a little bit about your your plans for the schools. Uh, how would you address some of the problems? Special education being one of them, and I know that the state uh, board of education is going to come in and ta- and take over basically uh, the special education. But what things would you do differently, or would you want the uh, school board to do differently at CPS? I would have them have input. Listen, one person cannot solve the problem by itself, okay? You have to have input and in other people in those uh, school boards. For one, I would not have closed, I think, it's 48 or 50 some schools in one neighborhood. I said before, 
is that anybody who closes 48 or 50 schools in anybody's neighborhood, whether you're white, black, whatever it may be, you have to have a mental problem. You have to have, you know? And so, so if it was a elected school board, they would not have closed those schools there. Not, not thinking of this here as well. You got to understand this here. When they closed that school, education, different, um, people in disability. Now they got a wheelchair. You got to go 40 some blocks. All right. The people who's hungry there, you know, but electric school board will have input and decision in that. You have a much more better uh, school board because everybody's looking out for their own neighborhood. Okay. I would take them, build some new schools, right? Put model technology in those schools. I would make sure those schools have trade schools and because everybody's not, Look, I didn't finish school. I only had a seventh grade education. Okay. But I made it. So if some kids do not finish school, all right, they got trade in the school, they can still come out with a good trade. You know? So we'll open up all those things as well. I would even get the unions involved more so by making sure that we have equality in all aspects of the school. You know? Job training so those kids get out of school, they can get those good jobs. If you look at the unions in Chicago, for example, and everything you're building these buildings and everything else around here, you look at those license plates, most of them from Indiana and Michigan. And but yet in certain areas in Chicago, particularly minority community, all right, teenager people from eighteen to twenty four, according to the University of Illinois, uh forty nine percent unemployed. You know? This is ridiculous, all right? You never can have those type of things if you allow stuff to, to, to run in an area like, like it's running now. So these are things that I would do different. The union gets that for trade, you know, kids finish school. They got a job because they got a good trade, you know. The family elects school board, got input into what's going on, look out for the kid's best interest. We'll make sure that we got the technology in school. Uh, and and th- those are just some of the things that I would take then be able to do. But I will also sit and talk with everybody and get the community involved. So it's this openness. It's openness. One person don't have all the answer, but certainly we can have the answers all of it together. I want to turn to another issue that has been on many people's minds. That's the gun violence across Chicago. Uh, you know, there are still people who are afraid to walk their own streets in their own neighborhoods. And and then this week, uh, as, as you know, uh, there was a man who uh, helped tried to help quell the violence. Zach Stoner mm-hmm. uh, of uh, Zach TV One uh, was gunned down. Uh, sometimes people can feel hopeless about what's happening with violence. I- is it a hopeless situation? Um, well, no, I don't think so. Uh, Zach uh, was working for me in my social media. I met him about two months ago. Um, yesterday, Zach and I had set up a meeting with some of the young people and uh, around the, the gang members around the city of Chicago from four different neighborhoods. And we didn't have that meeting because he got the day before he got shot and killed, you know? Mm-hmm. So Zach is a good person. And so we're going to um, continue to set that meeting up in another week or two. Uh, the arrangement for the funeral, uh, I guess, will be done probably today. And of course I'll be there. We put the things on hold. Uh, Zach was a good kid. Uh, violent. I'm accustomed to violent because I had a 20 year old son shot and killed from, uh, from drugs. 
I think what causes violence, and I'm confident of this here, is that in a certain neighborhood, particularly minority community, uh, you got unemployment rates so high, right? You, you, you economic empowerment, economic uh, development, equality, and economic is not there, right? You got 27% and a little bit more African-American in the city of Chicago, 27.8 roughly uh, Hispanic, which is both put together is the majority, but the contract, the both of them, you got less than 1% contracts. They're not going into that. Ronnie Manion talk about got 50 uh, plus train construction trains in the city of Chicago. Where are those trains at? They're not into the community. This mayor here is taking the tip dollars, putting it in other areas downtown, things of that nature. If you take them, rob the community of its resources, no job, drugs, stuff like that out there, uh, and just create violence, I would change that. How I would change it? We'll make sure that economic equality reflect all 77 communities in the city of Chicago. We'll make sure that those 77 communities is represented by zone from their community. And we'll make sure that it can protect its own interests, you know, and, and, and I want to make sure that look, if a person comes in there, don't live in the city of Chicago. Okay. City of Chicago would come first. It's citizen would come first before anyone in any other state could come in here. Look, we got all kind of talent in Chicago. I would make sure that I wouldn't have any friends and show favoritism to things of that nature. Look, I'm not running to, to make a, to have for a job. I, I don't need a job, you know? I, so I'm not running for the job. I'm strictly running to make sure that every community be treated equally and fairly. Crime is in the state of Chicago because of the economic disparity in the desert neighborhood. How do I know that? As you may or may not know, we, we, we got out a lot of kids from out of jail for nonviolent and misdemeanor out of Cook County Jail. I, I spent a half a million dollars or more getting those kids out of jail and got the governor, Rowland, to, to sign a bill. So if you in jail, misdemeanor, nonviolent, they ain't got $100 to get out for somebody got in a fight and they in there three years, five years, or six years. That's unthinkable. So what we did went in there and got in there take care um, and look, but yeah, some of them, they got out. Some of them went right back in there. So when I asked, why y'all back up in here? They said, Dr. Wilson said, give us a job. We drug doesn't pay. We ain't got a hundred dollars to get out here. We've been sitting in here for the last year or two. Give us, give us job three months. So, so we, we need job. We don't want to do this thing. All right. So I'm, I'm convinced, right? But I'm sensitive to it and understand it. Lost a son been poor, very poor myself, uh, came to the rank of, of uh, working away from 20 cents per hour to a $60 million company, balanced my own budgets and stuff, give away money to people in prison, help the property taxes people as well, uh, understand the facts of life and never left it. I work still today, 16, 18 hours a day, you know, helping other people, not for myself. You need a mayor that, that cares about people, as long as this mayor will exist and what he's doing right now, this city will never rest. So those are the problems. And I'm, I ain't talking about what I think. I'm talking about what I know because I put my money out there. I'm in the neighborhood all the time and we'll support them.
You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore. My guest is businessman and candidate for mayor Willie Wilson. I want to touch on one more topic about the police. Uh, how, because par- partly the relations between the police and people in the African American and Latino communities have been strained to say the least. And sometimes police officers, and especially their union, have felt that when we talk about police reform, changing police procedures, that that's something that is being done to them, that is being forced on them. How do you get real police reform if you don't have the rank-and-file officers and the union on board? Well, first of all, you got one police superintendent, right? You got at least 50 aldermen in the city of Chicago, running the whole city. One police superintendent. I would change that. I would put four. Divide the city into zones, okay, so they can get closer to its people. All right, those four report direct to me. I will have a, a, a citizen board to oversee that and have input as well. I will integrate the police department. And it will, it will, it, look, it shouldn't be all white and all black neighborhood. Okay. That shouldn't be all Hispanic. Okay. Uh, and, and, and to all black neighborhood or, or white neighborhood, vice versa, you got to integrate it so that people can feel comfortable communicating, talking to one another. You got to get training as well, uh, to the, to these people out here. Uh, look, the, 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 the community, the police department have got to come together and work with the community. But if you kind of like handpick it and do things, uh, you know, in your own favor, it, 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 it's not right. The union had got to sit down and talk and make sure that it have equality in its employment, the, 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 the rank. If you, you have right now, I think the other day I was driving in the community and I, I saw a, a young man pull aside. You you had like, be honest to God, truth. You had probably fifteen police, all of them are white, in a black community. I this isn't real, okay? But why not have if you if you can have ten or fifteen police in there? Why can't some? Why can't they be integrated to make sure everything protected? You know, Laquan McDonald's thing. How can you have a police department? How can you trust a mayor? that cover up a Laquan McDonald's. People have laws of trust. Everybody knows what's going on there. You know, Laquan McDonald's situation should not have taken place. Did this, this, this mayor uh, have conducted himself in a wrong way as related to its citizen in Chicago? And I can guarantee you this, is that within the next 10 months, I'm going to be the next mayor that this mayor, Ron Emanuel, can start packing up today. Let me ask you one other quick question. What do you think of the plan to uh, build a $95 million police and fire training academy on the west side? I think you take $95 million, whatever that figure you just gave me, create jobs into the community first. Look, the way they've been doing things now, add more police, ain't never helped nothing. Try and keep going up. Try something different. Try taking that $100 million or $95 million and creating jobs in those neighborhoods like Inglewood, Lindale areas, and other places. And also in the white area, too. Don't forget about that. There are some white out here struggling as well. Okay, they're still trying there. It may not be be reported as much, all right? But it's lower in those areas 
because they got job, business here. Over here, they do not have job and business here. But still, crime is a crime, all right? So you have to look at things, in my opinion, those, those, those way. But but everything rests with the person at the mayor of the city of Chicago because he handpicked everybody and everything, and he'll cover up everything. He lost trust. Uh, uh, the community don't trust him no more. Uh, he's trying to do things now differently, uh, but it's too late. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, about the neighborhoods and the jobs, and and obviously jobs are a major uh, factor in what can help a neighborhood turn around. But what else can help reverse the flow of residents, many of them African-American and Latino, who are leaving the city, leaving some of those neighborhoods that, you know, do have problems? Well, you look, the, the, the reason why you got these issues here, the, the, this, on this current administration here, okay, there's over, I believe last figure I heard, where over 200,000 African-Americans had left out of the city of Chicago. There are also major white corporations left as well, all right, out of the city of Chicago. They raised taxes eight times in the city of Chicago, eight times in the city of Chicago. How can you raise taxes on people who don't have money to pay taxes, you know? So this mayor is running people out. It going to, the city of Chicago will only be a city, if, if you don't, if you allow it to, the way this guy is going, the menu, is going to be an all-for-welted, people in the city of Chicago and mostly, uh, most of Caucasian, you know, but, but like you, you, you don't raise taxes, you know, you know, uh, on people that don't have it. So you run them out of the neighborhood, you know, you make sure you keep them taxes lower because the people today in Chicago, white, black, Latina, what have you got transportation, they goes over in Indiana and buy their gasoline, they milk, you know, their eggs and things of that nature. They go over there. We're losing those tax dollars. This this guy don't get it. You know, you have to get in, in inclusion in here. Manage the product. Have compassion on on, on people and its citizen. You you would get begin to change this whole situation. You know, you know he he doesn't he just doesn't get it. Well, well, let me ask you. You say no new taxes. You want to get rid of red light cameras. Oh, definitely. Uh, you want the uh, seniors to be able to ride the CTA for free. For free. All of that costs money. Meanwhile, the city has pension debts and all kinds of other debts. Where does the city get new revenue? Look, let me back up, man. Let me tell you, look, when, when you're, the seniors should ride, the bus is free because a lot of them don't even have the uh, money enough to buy grocery, okay, or buy medication. Uh, if you look at those buses at midday and things of that nature, most of them going up and down the street, CTA, empty seat. They ain't gonna cost no more money. Let them, let them give a senior citizen a break. All right. How do I raise taxes? There's a lot of ways to run tax. First of all, is mismanagement. Straighten out the management structure of the city of Chicago. Next one would put look, put I mean as my last year, last terms I was running, I said it then, I said the same thing here now. Put a casino in the city of Chicago. Put it out by Navy Pierce somewhere, all right? But uh put it out by the McCormick Place someplace. The casino in Hammond and Indiana and things of that nature made billions and billions of dollars, all right? Take some of those dollars there and help pay for some of the uh, the pension debt, you know, school, school board, and, and then the uh, school, that is, and then also the Chicago Police Department. Take then um, Open Mag Field when it was closed down. They did like $400 million. Open that up. 
but both of those play let it citizen own those particular casinos and mag field. Nate legalized marijuana, you know, making billions of billions of dollars. Then you begin to get out of debt in the city of Chicago and, and pay those people uh, uh, pension because if you're working for a school teacher, uh, education system, or the police department, if you work 40 years, 30 years, you should be able to get your pension. This mayor took the, took the pension money, my God, and took the use it for something else and, and lost it and gained guy to pay it back. That alone we need to be throwing out, okay? If I was mayor right now today and done all these things, if I was mayor right now today, closed down 50 schools, being African-American and closed them all in a white neighborhood, where do you think I'm going to be at? I'm going to be on State Street hanging upside down. You know? So, 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 but, but you don't do it no matter what color you are. You just don't do things like that. It ain't human to do stuff like that. Um, I do want to uh, turn to pure politics and, and a question of race uh, because I, I don't know that we've seen this before, but, uh, you know, we talked about five candidates in the last race. There are at least five, if not more, African-American candidates running in this race which seems as if it might, uh, you know, some people are saying uh, some of this is just a, an intentional move to split the vote. Uh, I mean, you've got court clerk Dorothy Brown, you've got uh, Internet uh, entrepreneur Neil Salas Griffin, Troy LaRavier, the former school principal, Jamal Green of Black Lives Matter, you, uh, Lori Lightfoot. That's, is that not something that dilutes the vote in the African-American and maybe Latino communities. Well, let's put it that way. There are about four or five white into the race as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so look, but, but look, at, look at it this way. Look, uh, a few of the people in the race, I ain't calling no name, they're not ever ready to vote. They ain't ready to vote before. And they're in the race, okay? But I do believe that this mayor you got now is putting the people into the race, all right? Look, um, look, uh, look, it takes money to be in this race, okay? I'm spending right now, be ahead of time to get to know everybody in Chicago and get them to know more about me. I'm spending roughly right now twenty, uh, thirty thousand dollars a month of my own money, all right? You got to have money. These other candidates out here that I know of, of I've seen, okay? I, I didn't have necessary dollars from what I've seen, okay? to put into it, all right? And if you want to look at the real deal here, is that I'm the one for the first, I'm the one that called to run off an election for, for last time. It wasn't Chewy Garcia. If I had not been in the election, it wouldn't have been a runoff, okay? I spent last year about a million some dollars of my own money, all right? So I say, look what people say, what they're going to do. I have to look what I've already done. Check my record. Um, Very quick, because uh, we only have about a minute. Uh, why not just focus on your philanthropy? Because you have done a lot of good there, um, helping people out of tax sales and homes and things like that. Wouldn't that be a better use of your money than running for office? Well, I don't. I, I think a better use of a better use of my money. I'm going to continue to give the same amount of money away and more. My own personal money. I'm going to continue to do that. What add to it? Different. I'm going to be able to do that, but I'm going to be able to take billions of dollars and make sure it reflect economic empowerment, equality in the city of Chicago. 
we're going to do both. We're not giving it up. It's add to the pie. Um, how, how, how confident are you that, uh, that if there is a runoff, you're going to be in the top two? You already looking at the next mayor. <laughs> in Chicago, you do the numbers. You look at the numbers and see who's going to be the number one or number two. I might even win this thing at 51%. It may not even be around. Yeah. Well, we will definitely be following the campaign. Uh, and that is Willie Wilson, uh, businessman, entrepreneur, philanthropist. Thank you very much for spending the half hour with me. Thank you also. We appreciate being here. Uh, to our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That is WBBMNewsRadio.com. You can also find our podcast on Radio.com. I will be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 